I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? I'm stuck in a musty-smelling basement. Yeah, yes, we were We were just discussing pre-show. I was like, okay, like, uh, how long can Lou stay in, in his basement before he feels the need to start ripping out uh, carpet that has been, what, didn't you have, you had a leaky pipe or something, right? Uh, for those that don't know, because I live in cold weather, we had a pipe freeze in my basement and it busted and I had to replace the pipe, but not before it leaked about 20 to 30 gallons of water on the floor. And it leaked between the wall that connects my office to the rest of the basement. So the, the, the rug in here is musty and smelly and I need to get it out of here, but it's still too cold to do anything down here. Yeah. Well, it's not too cold to podcast, and it's not too cold to get to the news. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions, and then is spreading rapidly. I have some good news, Lou. It is not someone's going to help you uh, with your basement. It's Dead Island 2 is going to launch a week early. Who else After is... its delays. Yeah, it was delayed. <laughs> so uh, it's it's been bumped up a week. And I think a lot of speculation is that uh, Jedi Survivor, the sequel to Fallen Order, got pushed to the end of April, which is the original date of Dead Island 2. And Dead Island 2 has been pushed up a week before to the 21st of April. Um Again, like this was shortly after EA and Respawn announced that Jedi Survivor would be delayed six weeks. So uh, this this sort of schedule bumping is uh, is is going to have uh, Dead Island 2 arriving a little bit earlier than it originally was delayed to, as Lou as Lou pointed out. So, yeah. 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 Are you excited for uh, Dead Island 2? I know we've talked a lot about Dead I, Island 2. I, I would if I had something that it played on, but right now I don't have anything that it plays on. So that's yeah. kind of my that's my that's kind of my take on it right now is that if I had something to play on it, something that would play it, I would probably would. But uh, right now it doesn't. But um, we don't have it in the notes here. But uh, the Resident Evil 4 uh, specs have uh, the remake specs have been announced and. That looks like it's going to run on anything that ran um, ran uh, uh, Resident Evil Eight. So really, I, I might I, I might that might be deck compatible. Okay, well that's good. I feel I feel like uh, that's a good game for Capcom to sort of target the Steam Deck with. I think um, being a game that is is nostalgic and familiar to a lot of players, but new could be new to a lot of players as well. Um, yeah, I mean that's soon, isn't it? In just a month, it's like mid March. Um, it's mar- the end of March, I think. Yeah, the end of March seems to be jumping out at me. I'm trying to see if I can pull up the date here. 
but of course I'm being thwarted by uh, pretty much every every corner of the internet right now. I think I think you're right. I think it's end of March. March 24th seems to be jumping in my mind for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say all this, yeah, March 24th. So I was right. Um, yeah, that one's going to be launching on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, and S, and Steam. So do you think if that one's Steam Deck compatible, you'll pick that one up? Or you have a PS4, don't you? I have a PS4, but it is not running. It is disconnected and in my basement in a box. Mm. Um, it will run on my if it ran if it ran on if it's running on the same specs as Resident Evil 8, it will run on my laptop as well. So I can play it no matter what. Okay. Um it's just a matter of it's just a matter of picking it up. So Yeah. I uh well looking at the calendar, what's the twenty fourth? Is that a Friday? I know we're we're doing yeah, it's a Friday. So I mean if our schedule remains intact, we'll have an episode the day before Resident Evil four comes out. So Technically, I guess we'll have a couple of uh, weeks to sort out. Yeah, that gives us two weeks to play it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess look forward to a Resident Evil 4 conversation. And I am picking that one up. I'm not going to be, you know, playing it through uh, through Twitch, watching someone play it, because I absolutely loved Resident Evil 4. And uh, Oh, you're not going to be scared like you were with Resident Evil 8? Uh, you know what? I think Resident Evil 8 was like... It was a little bit of like scared and also like, I, I, I don't think I can pick the game up right now, but yeah, maybe three quarters scared seven for some reason freaked me out a lot more. I think it's the first person sort of view that probably mm-hmm. did. I understand that. Yeah. But uh, I am looking forward to Resident Evil 4. Speaking of more Resident Evil. Yes. Uh, this was a surprise drop here. Uh, Death Island. Resident Evil Death Island. Another CGI uh, film that is going to be out in summer 2023. And we just have a 30 second teaser trailer here uh, that was posted by IGN. And I mean, we get a really good look that we are going to be getting Leon, Chris, uh, uh, Jill, Jill, thank you. Um, A good host of like the big heavy hitters of Resident Evil in this film. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm actually very I was this hit me with a big surprise. I was like, oh, they're still doing these. And I was a nice reminder that this that other one that we watched on Netflix. I'm waiting to find out if this is going to be on Netflix or if this is going to be a straight to video thing again. Yeah, I was wondering that, too. Didn't Netflix have like some sort of exclusive deal with Capcom or was it just the last? They did have an exclusive with uh netflix but i don't know if that was for just the two shows that they did or if that's this is going to be included in that i'm hoping that that's this is included in that because i really don't want to be trying to track this down these things are sometimes a nightmare to find yeah yeah so i remember we we actually watched it the last cg it was a it was supposed to be a movie but they split it into a tv show right that was yeah they split in this i think it was six episodes right Right. And one of the episodes was like 10 minutes long. And I was like, why didn't you just make it five? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a movie split into like six parts in a very odd and weird way. But I mean, I enjoyed it. So, I mean, I'll watch it. I'll watch it like uh, for the show. Um, I hope it's on Netflix. If it's not, I hope it's on on something that we can uh, rent it or stream it like there's no details other than it's being put out by sony 
Um, Sony uh, obviously doesn't have a streaming service, so they can kind of license it to whomever. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it is a Sony thing, so like it's it's probably not going to be uh, on Netflix at launch. But this is just a teaser trailer, so we don't we don't have much details other than it's coming this summer and will feature Leon, Chris, Jill, and um, a lot of. Well, a lot of water because it, it it is an island, so that shouldn't really surprise anyone. Um, but uh, here, this also shouldn't surprise anyone. But uh, AMC is working so diligently to try to get this Daryl Dixon uh, spinoff series on the air, and I want to thank uh, our Discord for popping this news story into the general feed, uh, and that would be Grindhouse Zombie who provided uh, this story for us. And it's that uh, five new actors have joined the AMC spinoff series. And this usually is a hint that the that the series is off to a at least a filming start. And um, I don't know if you recognized any of these names, but you've got Anne, Cherrier, uh, Eric, Ebonnier, uh Actually, you know what? I'm kind of looking at these. It sounds like it's a lot of a lot of French actors it sounds like I'm pretty, much, I'm pretty sure they're all french actors i didn't know who any of them were but i did uh, off the top of my head and i didn't look any of them up to be honest but i'm sure if i did i probably know one or two yeah i didn't look them up either but i mean just based on their names it, it's it sounds it sounds like they're going to be fitting right in with daryl dixon alongside yeah and uh, it Paris. gave us more it gave us more premise of what the hell's going on with daryl apparently he got gets hit in the head and wakes up in France and doesn't remember how he got there. Hey, it's not the most original idea, but I'll curious to see what the walking dead does with that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So uh deadline actually had this, uh, this synopsis. So in the spinoff, Daryl washes ashore in France and struggles to piece together how he got there and why the series tracks his journey across a broken, but resilient France as he hopes to find a way back home as he makes the journey, though, the connections he forms along the way complicate his ultimate plan. So it sounds like he makes a, f- a few new buds and maybe like, hmm, maybe I don't want to go home. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, is Dog with him? Do we know that? I mean, Dog definitely left with him. Uh, I thought he left Dog. Oh, maybe he did. Yeah, I think he left Dog. Oh, no. Okay. Wow, this series just got a, a lot less interesting if Dog's not in it. I know. Hmm. Okay. Well, maybe they will, uh, they'll give him a French poodle or something. I don't know. Um, here's the thing. I, I am interested in this show. I've always asked for them to provide the walking dead in a different continent. We are getting Europe. I know we got like five minutes of Europe at the end of world beyond. And we try not to talk about it. It was the most interesting thing about that series, but we're going to get a whole spin-off set in France and it sounds like he's going to be trying to get back home. So clearly he knows he got there somehow mi- mysteriously, so the means to get back home should be somewhere and I'm personally Lou like I am fascinated by this idea of like you're in this apocalypse event and you're stranded uh, in, uh, across the ocean like us right now trying to get across the ocean. It's it's not a it's it's not a matter of how it's it's a matter of like you know we know how to do it you know it's just a matter of can you afford it to fly or or take a boat right but we know we have the transportation means but in an apocalypse scenario like that journey suddenly becomes like 
very rare or or very difficult you know mm-hmm. and uh i i want to see that exploration of it as well not just him like trying to get from you know paris to 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 the western coast of france so he can take a boat home like i want the journey to be about him you know obviously getting through france but also trying to get home too like let's not just fade to black and say and he fueled the helicopter the end you know i, I don't I hope they don't go that route. I really hope they don't. We'll see. We will. <laughs> we will. I mean, honestly, now that they've said it out loud, that's probably the ending, is that he fuels the helicopter and they fly home. The end. Ugh. Okay. Well, maybe I'll edit this out not to give AMC any ideas. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, Lou, uh, let's get into our main topic uh, for the evening, which is the mid-season check-in for The Last of Us on HBO. What's his name? Whose name? Your brother. Tommy. Younger or older? Younger. Why isn't he with you? Long story. Is it longer than 25 hours? Because I think that's what we got. They did not have 25 hours. Uh, they, no, they, no, no, no. They ran into trouble. Not too far A off. lot of trouble. <laughs> A lot of trouble. Uh, we are going to talk about The Last of Us on HBO. We decided to check in halfway through the season and honestly worked uh, really well in our favor because the fifth episode that aired on Friday uh, before the Super Bowl uh, was the end of a two-parter. Um, concluding the sort of Kansas City arc of the show. Uh, Yeah, which I I had forgotten about that whole plot point um, in the game uh, with uh, them meeting the two two guys on the road and helping them and then finding out that the kid was bit and all of that fun stuff. I forgot all about that in the game. Yeah. Yeah, they actually, so in comparison, and I know we're jumping around to the two-parter, but we'll we'll obviously talk about the second and third episode as well, because there's lots to discuss yeah. there. But um, the plot points for that two-parter Kansas City episode episodes, it's, it's taking two parts of the game and kind of combining them. So you've got, uh, and, you know, I got to give a shout out to the excellent HBO podcast that uh, is hosted by Troy Baker and has guests uh, Craig Mazin and um, uh, Neil Druckmann. I think I might have mentioned this last month when we talked about the first episode, in that as soon as the episode airs and finishes airing, they put up a new podcast episode talking about that episode and the making of and the process that went into it, including like filming, shooting, casting, uh, design, um, other story ideas. You know, they, they get into a lot of it, and it's really really interesting um and i'm not going to regurgitate all of it but you know there might be some tidbits uh from that but i highly highly recommend if you enjoy the show uh and love those deep dives to um to subscribe to that um but not until you finish this episode but i'll say this so what they've done is they've combined so there's two parts in the game there's the part where joel and ellie and i don't know the locations exactly but there's a part where joel and ellie veer off the highway and are basically like tricked into, um, not tricked, but they get ambushed in this city 
which is very much what happens in Kansas City here. But they combine um, the arc with Henry and Sam, which is completely separate from that part. So they kind of smush the two ideas together. And I think it works really well. I think it works extremely well, because if I remember right, the Kansas City segment, there isn't really a boss or anything. It's just an area. Those yeah. guys like drive you off the road and there's no real villain. It's just everybody here is a bad guy trying to kill you and you've got to get from one end of the city to the other end of the city. And that's the premise of it. And they get away. I think they steal another vehicle or something and get yeah. away or they find horses or something. Something happens. And um, I remember when I saw the brick get thrown from the balcony and the truck windshield get smashed like like it does in the in the show. I remembered that entire sequence in the game where I think this conversation is exactly the same where Ellie looks at him and goes, why don't you stop and help him? And he's like, no, this is a trap. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this part of the game. And then when I got a little confused when Henry and uh, the kid were introduced, I was like, this happened later or yeah. earlier. I don't remember where this fits. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I don't remember if it's before or after. I think it's I think it's before. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, and the funny thing is it's like I mean, actually it might it, yeah, it doesn't matter, but you're right. Like it, it it's hard to pinpoint cuz it's been so long since we played the game and we talked about this pre-show is that like we played the game once and it's a very difficult prospect to go back and play it again because that game hits so hard with its story beats and just emotionally trying to put yourself through that again is very is a very daunting task. And even watching this show again, mind you, they change up like just enough to keep it fresh and <laughs> it's still punishing. Don't get me wrong, but um, it's good television and it's a good it's a great adaptation. So watching it again doesn't necessarily feel the same quite as like playing it again like the last of us part one remake i'm interested in it but like i'm also not in any rush to go and get it because like i don't know if i could play it <laughs> especially after watching the season we've just, we've, we've just watched the show i don't really want to go back and play it again i'm not i'm not like excited to do that again yeah but i think folks who never played part one and are enjoying the show should definitely go play the game because I think looking at those differences uh, between the game and, and the show is really interesting. One of the things that I think I, I both love about this show, and I, I guess it kind of takes me away, takes me out of it a little bit too, is every episode has a vignette that has nothing to do with Joel and Ellie. Like in the first episode, there's that whole opening scene with, um, the scientists explaining how, oh, it's not going to be a cold that kills us. It's going to be a fungus. And you're like, oh, OK. And that sequence is really long in the first episode. It's like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then and then in the second episode, they have an entire opening sequence where I can't remember what country it's supposed to be. Um, oh, um, is it Indonesia? Is it not? I, I think it is. I think you're right. Um, it's Indonesia. and uh, the woman they, they they get this woman out of a situation they, where she's safe and they're like, ma'am, what do we do? And she's like, we have to bomb all the major cities. Mm -hmm. And that's a long sequence. Like I was like, wait, is this 
this is clearly before the before the infection spread. And are these and again, these are not characters that you're going to have any attachment to when this sequence is over. We're never going to see these characters again, but it's them explaining it's world building. And again, it's like another 10 minute sequence that's not our main characters. And they're just telling you a story. And I think that that's really interesting. And then episode three is um, specifically Bill's story. You get an opening scene with uh, Ellie and Joel, and he's talking to Ellie about how they're going to visit his friend Bill, and uh, Bill will help them. And when they get there, they f- at the end of the episode when they sh- you show that they show them arrive, they're dead. Spoiler alert! But they tell you Bill's entire story, like life story. You find out that he's in the house that he grew up in. That he hid from the military when the military was coming to rile people up and bring them to the quarantine zones. That the military killed all the innocent people on the way there. And then you find out that he went to Home Depot. Actually, it was really funny to watch Bill do all that stuff because I was like, this is like what I would be doing. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, Bill and I have similar ideas as to what we would be doing. Yeah. Oh, man. And and Nick Offerman... um... I was very, I was, I was very impressed. Yeah, he did a fantastic job. And I, and I just, I, I remember when he was cast as like, I just love him as in all the stuff he does specifically, you know, Parks and Rec comes to mind. And I was like, I cannot wait to see what he does. And all of the stories surrounding his casting and his involvement with the show are just uh, fantastic right down to the fact that he was on a talk show and they asked him if he played video games and he says no I played one video game for a week straight and I haven't touched it since and it was Banjo-Kazooie <laughs> <laughs> and I just I was like yep that is hey man I know I know a lot of people uh, I don't know a lot of people but I know some folks um, you know that are of his age I remember my manager at work like we talk about video games and he had, he had a young kid. So who was getting into video games and I said, Oh, would you ever, if you were thinking of playing, you should pick up an Xbox. Cause I think you could probably, you know, find enough games for yourself and your son. And he's like, Oh no, I can't, I can't play video games. I play, I played one video game for too long and I just, I had to give it up or else it would, it would go bad very quickly. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, it's, um, it, it was really, you know, back to, you know, with, with Nick Offerman and I, I have not, I, I've not, um seen uh the actor that played uh frank uh murray murray bartlett before but i guess he's like famous for his arc on uh white lotus i guess i've not seen it but i heard i hear he's great seen that either yeah so um again like he was brand new to me but the that bill and frank episode is like it's it's sort of uh it's it is a it is an episode that shows the entire um you know romance romantic relationship between bill and frank that we just don't get in the video games Uh, i think it's hinted at in the video games but it, it is very much not explored at all and they they take that storyline from the game throw out like the gameplay heavy stuff because there's a whole bit where you're trying to get something for the truck for bill so that he'll give you the truck and that you can leave uh you go through the gym you meet the bloater for the first time you get you gotta go scavenge and stuff they throw all that out 
and you know ellie doesn't even meet you know bill or frank uh at all and and um but i think like the episode we did get like showing this you know love life between bill and frank and and then also seeing like you know time during the apocalypse where you see uh you know their relationship starting with uh with Tess and Joel and <laughs> and how uh Frank is very uh very trusting but Bill <laughs> Bill not so much um or no wait is it no yeah Frank is is very trusting and and welcomes it, Tess and Joel and, yeah. and and Bill has got a gun at the table <laughs> but you know it's a it's an episode that kind of pushes the the apocalypse drama to the side a little bit there's still lots of that it's there's not mm. much of the 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 infected side of things but it's more like the people and you know joel has this conversation with with bill at the table of like you know you're gonna have raiders come your 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 fence is falling apart like we can help each other out here and uh, i thought it was really cool to explore those relationships that these characters have and and that is hinted to in the games my you know. favorite my favorite moment of the whole situation is after they've died and they find the they find the letter and the letter literally says I know it's you that found this letter Joel cuz nobody else is going to get through all my traps he has like yeah that's the character to and you can hear you can hear Nick Offerman doing the laugh and I think uh I think I saw on Twitter there was a video where it was the line Ellie reading it and going he he he, and then it would like fade in like the laugh from Parks and Rec of of Nick Offerman's real laugh. If you hear him on any podcast, uh, he he does a couple of great uh, guest spots on uh, Conan Needs a Friend, and uh, yeah, that's how he laughs. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's great every time. Um, but like we get to see this this whole exploration of like the beginning of the apocalypse to the sort of the conclusion of Bill and Frank's, you know, lives as uh, the episode ends with, you know, basically Frank is terminally ill and, and asks Bill to assist in, in his suicide and, and uh, after they marry, and then he ends up killing himself as well. And it's, uh, it's, it's got that last of us punch. That's for sure. Like I, oh, I oh, honestly, yeah. you know, in the game, they just, uh, I mean, they I think just, they just leave Bill, don't they? Yeah. Bill, they find Frank's body. I guess he, he get. I think in the game, Frank gets, they, they have a fight and they, you know, Frank leaves, I guess Frank off screen gets bit and then hangs himself. So he doesn't turn. Um, yeah. and, and they, you find the body and Bill basically tells you to go like, leave me, leave me be. Um, yeah. and then it, it, it's not explored further, but I think like what they've done in this episode is, is, is far better and and would have been impossible to do in they, a video they game. couldn't have told this story in a video game no. so i really appreciate that aspect of this yeah and again the the raiders in kansas city uh what's their name being the lead of those that that group i was very impressed yeah kathleen um, um played by uh and this was we talked about this uh, i think on our last episode we saw her in the trailer but it's um one of the main ladies from Yellow Jackets, and she is just superb in this role. And she doesn't normally play this kind of role. Every time I see her in something, she's always kind of goofy, or yep. she's always kind of silly. Um, so seeing her 
being kind of like the villain, I was like, this is weird. Yeah, like I I know her from Yellow Jackets, but it's funny. I was looking into it a bit, and uh, she's actually the like stalker lady from uh, Two and a Half Men. I didn't realize yep. that. I um, did. My mother uh, watched. Yeah. I didn't. I never really watched much of that show, but I felt like every time I got stuck watching it with my mother, she would show up and be stalking, and I was always like, "Okay, I I know what she's from." And then she uh, she's been in a couple of other things I've seen. So yeah, yeah, she's. Uh, I think she's. Leonardo DiCaprio's wife in that the world is ending movie. If I remember probably anyways, um, I I mean the whole, uh, so in the video game, um, I can't remember what city it is, but like the area where like the whole scene with the, with Joel saying it's a trap. I know it's a trap. And then they crash into this like laundromat that is like ripped straight from the game shot for shot. Uh, you know, beat for beat for the most part i think i can't remember if ellie they kind of combine a few moments there too where like i think it's later on that ellie ends up killing someone for the first time i think they bring that that shot that moment forward into this moment yeah i think i think that that happens later yeah i think you're right yeah so they bring that forward here and i think it obviously works because again like we only have nine episodes we're moving pretty quick and they kind of have to uh kind of have to speed things along because they also adapt i i'm pretty sure they're adapting um the dlc as well which will be a bit of a another breather episode at some point likely episode Um, seven i don't i i don't think the dlc is going to be a full episode i think it's going to be uh one of those like 10 minute um vignette segments mm-hmm. maybe yeah actually that's a good point maybe it will be because it's there i think you know i think about it maybe it will be like a like an ellie focused uh flashback um, intro. my guess is it's gonna be one of the last two episodes well I, i'm just looking at the the titles here and the episode seven is called left behind which is i think the the title of the dlc is it not so like yeah uh, yeah I mean, it might not be, but I mean, that would be a, that'd be my guess. But like these, the two parter at the end here, like, obviously like they, they flesh out the, the quote unquote bad guys, um, of Kansas city, which again, in the game are just like nameless thugs that you're there to basically shoot at and escape from. Whereas in the show, like they gave you a plot, they gave you a plot. They explain like these are the resistance under um, Fedra, uh, which was the Fedra in Kansas City. They say, oh, they were they were mobsters and corrupt and, and all that. They weren't like the Boston made Boston Fedra look like they were, you know, uh, <laughs> golden children. But like, yeah. And the other and the other thing, too, is, is that is that it was they were overcompensating. The Fedra may have been bad and evil, but walking around killing people because they were rats or snitches or whatever and doing it in a brutal fashion like that in women and children. And they didn't seem to have any remorse. The fact that when he stands up and he looks at them both and it looks at her and says, I'll surrender. Just leave the kids alone. Yeah. And her answer is kids die all the time. You're like, Oh, you need to die. You're not any better. That answer alone tells me you're not any better than the federal. Oh, (laughs) Hell no. Like, I think like they, they try to, 
they like the show tries to humanize her uh that character as much as possible and they get close to it but she always walks back from that line of being redeemed right yeah. like you know, and you can see it in and you can see it in her uh, in in the guys talking to her you can see that they really don't want to do what she's telling them to do yeah well they know it's like unsafe because they, they like 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 the guy keeps trying to tell her that like her second in command he keeps trying to point out these other things that these are really what our issue needs to be yeah like We'll get to him eventually, and and, and her answer is like, no, he's going to die. And you're like, uh, and when the and when it finally happens, and those things in the in the 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 the, the infected come up out of the ground, I was like, oh, okay, I know where we're going now. You ain't gonna make it, lady. Everyone dies. <laughs> yeah, everyone like, dies. And it's one of those moments where um, it's very much illustrates like if you. If you leave this infection unchecked, it spreads and it's just going to rise up out of the ground and bite you in the ass or uh, tear your head open. The other thing, too, is we kind of glossed over it in episode two. Uh, Tessa's ending is pretty much almost scene for scene, like right out of the game. Well, it is in in a way. But did you know that in the game, you might not have remembered because it it it's very close. Like she sacrifices herself in the game. It's in that courthouse. But yep. it's against Fedra. It's not against the infected in the game. Oh, okay. I knew that it was somebody was coming for them, but I couldn't remember if it was infected or Fedra. Mm-hmm. Or if it was Fireflies. I couldn't remember who the hell it was. Yeah, to be honest, I couldn't really remember. Again, the only reason I remember is is because they were talking about the differences in the podcast. But you're right. Like, was it Fedra? Was it the fire? It doesn't make sense that it's the Fireflies because they're working for the Fireflies, but that would have. Again, it was an excuse to have a firefight, and it was an excuse for her to stay behind. She does get bitten in the game as well, and she's like, well, I'm dead anyways, you know? Yeah. I'm already starting to turn. And I think that whole episode, that whole episode two, is designed to, A, introduce the clickers, which was like, they nailed it. They absolutely captured those creatures exactly as they needed to, and they felt scary and dangerous. Honestly, my my favorite going back to the other episode my favorite is the one that gets in the car with ellie in in the last episode the child uh clicker the the child one because that had to have been a a contortionist or something because a bunch of the body movements were not natural and the body practically walks backwards at one point and i was like oh they got some specialist to do this yeah it's uh it's interesting because like i again like you know, uh, they were talking about it in the podcast where they they didn't have like it, children that were infected to that degree in the games. Obviously, there were a few children that turn or get infected, but not to the degree where they have like the the growths coming out of their face. And so they had to go back to the original designers at, at Naughty Dog and say, "Hey, we are thinking of doing this. Could you you know sketch something up for us?" And and that's what they did. And um. You know, it goes back to like the line you said where Kathleen says like children die all the time and then who who kills her? It's that it's that infected child. Yeah. And it's uh, that whole moment at the end, like you feel it, you feel this moment of like, okay, like you've overthrown Fedra. You see these warning signs of the infected. There was one thing Fedra was doing right in Kansas City was keeping the infected in check. And you see these signs that the infected are, are, are needing to be addressed you know, with that um, that scene at the end of episode four where the ground is sort of like breathing. And mm-hmm. um, 
Perry, who, funny enough, is played by the uh, voice and motion capture uh, actor for Tommy in the video games. So they gave him a, a very big role with these two episodes. He um, he's the voice of like of the audience where it's like, hey, maybe we need to do this. Yeah, maybe we need to talk about this. And she immediately goes, just close the door. We'll think about it later. Yeah, I like immediately when she said that, I was like, ah, I get it. Like, I'm not faulting the show. I'm more like they've designed this character. She is just so hellbent on avenging her brother. And I, I get I get I understand where she's coming from in a sense that, like, I understand her character and why she feels this way, but I don't agree with it. I'm like, you've you've liberated the city. You're free, but you're just <laughs> you're just handing yourself over to it to the same fate by a different and worse scenario with the infected. And not only that, I was like, oh, this is Chekhov's moving floor. This will come back at the end of the episode. And then lo and behold, like the last 10 minutes, it comes back and bites them in the butt. And I was like, OK, that's about what I was expecting. Did you um, yeah, catch the Easter egg with uh, the bloater grabbing Perry and, and how he was killed? No. So in the video game, maybe you didn't get killed by bloaters as much as I did. But sometimes in the video game, if you get caught by a bloater and the last of us is really good at this, the video game and that um, they show enough of your character dying to give you the heebie jeebies, but they don't show all of it. Yeah. And when a bloater will sometimes grab you and like put their hands in your and struggle to put their hands in your mouth and like basically tear you apart. <laughs> and uh, that's that's what you see in the background there. Um, and again, ripped straight from the video game. Super, uh, super gross. Um, but yeah, like I, I want to jump back. Speaking of super gross, let's jump back to episode two, because there's a moment, the difference between Tess's death in the game and in the show, there's a moment where Tess like basically stands still and the infected are walking by her. You know, the, the infected like walks right up to her and gives her this like infected kiss of death. Yeah. God, that was so creepy. So creepy. Ugh. Mm hmm. Oh. It was uh, the whole situation made my skin crawl. I was like, "Oh no, no!" Oh. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's one of those things where they explain like um, they wanted to kind of explore the idea of like she was infected, the inf- other infected should be able to tell, and essentially the idea was like, "What what if you don't fight back?" Because the idea of like these cordyceps and the way they infect is they like want- they. They will only fight back. They will only, you know, go rabid if they the idea I guess they're exploring is like, well, would they go rabid if you weren't fighting back, I guess. And the reason she isn't fighting back is she's trying to get this damn lighter to work Mm -hmm. and it's not working. (laughs) And um, yeah, the whole ending was just freaking creepy. And they nailed it in terms of uh, in terms of that creep factor. Right. So, yeah. And 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 again, going all the way to the very end of what we watch. The kid is infected and Henry has to shoot him and then turns the gun on himself and shoots himself and they bury the bodies and they move on. Yeah. And I was like, yep, bleak. Yeah. Yeah. Super bleak. It's uh, it's a it's a trademark of the show of the game, right? Like it's uh, every I, I had this conversation on the Gamers Inn with with Jocelyn about how like um you're going to meet all these characters along the way. But if you've played the game, you know, like any character that gets introduced, high they're chance gonna die. that they're going to die because they are on 
I don't think many characters like are like, okay, Live. Joel, thanks for the adventure. We'll 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 never see you again. Bye. Good luck on your journey. I think the I think the only character that that happens with is Tommy. Yeah, basically, yeah, Tommy and where he's living at the um at the community, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's um. Like obviously, it's a it's a it's a very it's a tr- it's it's an adaptation that plays very close to the video game. They hit the same beats. They hit the same. But it's different moments. enough that I'm enjoying it. Yes, because I was expect I was worried they were going to just do scene for scene for scene for scene right out of the game. You know what I mean? And I was like, if they do that, this is going to be real boring. And the fact that we're getting these weird vignettes uh, of life before or during or telling some kind of story and we're getting the we're getting the character arc in a much slower story it, it we're, we're halfway through the season and it's only now that joel is starting to warm up to ellie whereas i felt like in the game he warmed up a little sooner yeah no i think so and i think i think you're right like in the game they it starts with the joke book and we're just mm-hmm. getting the joke book right like yeah I think we'll see from this point onward, we're going to see like a lot of um, a lot more of what we know in the later half of the game. And I think I think we're going to speed right through. Like, I I mean, my understanding is that this show ends at the end of part one. That's always been, I think, the idea that's always been the my guess is the next episode is going to be us meeting Tommy. Yeah. And then the following episode will be the other story arc where um, uh, they meet that other community and uh, Joel is injured and Ellie has to go rescue him right. and provide him with medical attention. And then she has to go kill all those guys to, to rescue Joel or something. I can't remember the exact plot, but they end up being like a leader of a like a band of like they're like cultists or something. I, I think they were remember. cannibals, weren't they? He might have been. And I think that was the plan is they were going to kill Joel and eat him or something. And Ellie rescues him. Yeah. And um, and, and I remember that story arc being interesting because Ellie meets that guy before he catches them. And she like saves his life. And then he like he ends up being a bad guy. And you're like, oh, OK. All right. Cool. And uh, and I think the last episode is literally going to be. um, The last episode is literally going to just be. Joel gets her there at the beginning of the episode, decides he, we're going to follow the whole last chapter of the game. I think that'll be the last episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see, like, I'm really interested to see where they go. Cause I think like the, the last four episodes, if they are adapting like the game, there is, there's, there's the big moments are like meeting Tommy in the community um, the, the moment in winter when Joel is heavily injured, the, the cannibal, uh, community that, that Ellie runs into, those are the big three that I'm reminded of. And then obviously the, the ending, but the ending doesn't, isn't a big thing. Like they arrive at the hospital and it's a big thing. The, the ending is a big thing in, in what Joel does. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it, but like, I mean, I probably gave away more than I should have, but like, I, I think that, um, I think it'll be really interesting to see what they adapt in the last four episodes, especially if this is season one is part one. And I have every reason to believe that is the idea, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, but I have a feeling 
I just have this strange feeling that they were, I get this strange feeling that they are, they, they aren't going to be able to fit all of part one <laughs> into this season. They are. But four episodes is plenty. Yeah. The Tommy arc is very, very short. It might not even be a full episode. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's not a lot to it. He shows up, they give him an additional thing to get going, and and basically Tommy says, no, I'm not, I can't take him, I can't take Ellie to the Fireflies, you've got to Cause do his, it. Because his, his wife or girlfriend or whatever is having his kid or something. Yeah, like he's settled down, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, um... We'll definitely check in on the rest of the the season once it all airs in about a month's time. So stay tuned for that. But uh, Lou, you've got a fun little project for our next episode, which is an Italian horror film. I believe it's Italian. Um, I, it's called. It has two. It has dozens of names uh, on Shutter, which is where we're going to watch it. It is called The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, or as it was released. In the late 70s, early 80s, it was called Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. Um, I've never seen it. This is going to be a new one on me. Um, so that was why that was the deciding factor on this. So we're going to watch that for our next episode. Cool. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've got Shutter for uh, at least the start of March. So I'm looking forward to it, uh, popping it, it, and opening it's, in. It's it's funny too, because we're going to watch this because it's on Shudder and we both subscribe for Shudder for the for One Cut of the Dead. And uh, I actually own a copy of this on DVD in a box somewhere here in my basement. <laughs> and I've never gotten around to watching it. <laughs> I hope your boxes are at least a foot off the ground. <laughs> uh, they're all plastic bins, so nothing in them got okay. wet. Very good. Very good. Well, that's what I like to hear. Uh, so we will be watching Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, a.k.a. Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, uh, for our next episode. And yes, that is on Shudder. And uh, as I said, other stuff coming up will include The Last of Us, the rest of The Last of Us on HBO, the rest of Season 1, uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, I believe Lou is going to check that one out on Steam, and I think I might play it on console. I got I to gotta double check, you know, what the what what it's going to be playing uh like on, mm-hmm. on console you know see if it's see what the frame rates capped at but uh we'll see how that goes but uh lots of fun to look forward to as we continue down the road that is 2023 so um if you want to join in the conversation go to discord our discord bit.ly slash zamp discord want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast and you can go to our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com. Also, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Zombies Podcast. And if you're on Twitter, you can find me at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. And a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You look at it every couple weeks on your podcast player. You can find more of his work at joelduggan.com. Lou, that is going to do it for this episode. And once again, any fine busy zombie lord knowledge to pass along before we exit? There's something I noticed while watching The Last of Us. I've never paid this much attention to Pedro Pascal, but I've got a decision. I've got something that came to mind when I was watching this show. He is the modern day Burt Reynolds. Just look at him, look at the way he talks, and then look at Burt Reynolds. Look at the way Burt Reynolds talks. That's what we're dealing with now. You can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. (laughs) 